Hello. We are so excited that you've decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook and YouTube under Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street in Burgall, North Carolina. The zip code is 28425. If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you. Again, God, I can't thank you enough for his blood because his blood redeemed us. His blood sanctified us. His blood justified us. His blood made us righteous. His blood reconciled us. His blood healed us. His blood delivered us. His blood prospered us. His blood, God, we cannot forget about the blood of Jesus. And we just thank you for the blood, God. There is forgiveness in the blood. So we thank you that we have been forgiven for past, present, and future sins. We thank you, God, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So God, on today, as I open my mouth to teach your people, I thank you that you have already filled it. I thank you that I have, we have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. And the life we now live in the flesh, we live by the faith of the Son of God who love us and who has died for us. So for all of that, God, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise on today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Can you open your Bibles with me to the book of St. John, the first chapter? I believe we are all familiar with that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. St. John, the first chapter, and I will be reading from verse 1 through verse 4. Well, verse 5, and let's see what the Lord want to do. Amen? And the word of God now reads, Hallelujah. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So I want to talk on today, God gave us his word. God gave us his word. And I believe that some of us don't even know what he gave. We don't know what he gave because if we really knew what he gave, we would be in this word. Every opportunity that we could get to be in the word. If we really know what God has given us. When I was um, studying and I was in prayer and I was sitting there and I said, God, what do you want me to give your people? And God said, he gave you his word. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, huh? You know how sometimes you're like, huh? He said, he gave you his word. So the Lord is letting me know we really don't know what we have. We really, truly don't know what we have. So I want to break it down to you today to let you know what you have. And the most important thing that you need to know is that the word is in you. The word is Jesus. And everything that Jesus is, you are. 
It's already in you. Everything that God has given him, he has given. Come on, y'all don't you know what you got? Everything that God has given Jesus, he has given it to you. And the only way we can get to the father was through his son. We had to believe on his death, burial, and resurrection. Jesus died. He was buried. But thank God he rose. And if he had not rose, we would not have benefited from what he died for. Y'all better know what you got. Some of us are whining and complaining and don't know what we got. We're depending more on man. We're depending more on a woman. We're depending more on material things. We're depending, Lord knows, more on money. But when you know that the word is above all of those things, you won't look to those things. You will look to the word more than you look to those things. What are you looking forward to? What are you looking to? And we have to search ourselves and say, God, what am I putting before you? What am I putting before your word? Am I putting my husband? Am I putting my children? Am I putting my material things? Am I putting my job? Who do I spend more time with? Is it you or is it the material things? God, is it your word that I'm giving first and foremost in my life? Because God said, I want to be first place in your life. I don't want to be the middle. I don't want to be the end. I don't want to be the in between. God said, I want to be the first In your life. Can you give me first place? Can you get rid of everything else? And just give me first place. Meaning that you got to ask yourself. Whom or what? Have I given first place. Above you. Because when his disciples followed him. He said you got to lose sight. Of yourself. You got to leave father, mother, sister. You cannot love them more than you love me. Is it anybody that we love more than we love him? That's how we know we have not really turned ourselves truly over to him. Because when things happen in our lives, are we going to him or are we going to other things to fix what's going on in our lives? I have learned nobody can fix me. I'm already fixed in him. But I have to know what I have in him to stay in the place that I need to be for him. Come on, y'all. We got to know what we got. You got something that means more than anything. That's more valuable than anything than being a billionaire. Yo, a tree in there. The word is more valued than all of that because that is going to leave. But the word never leaves. So when we know what we have, we're not trying to keep obtaining other things. Things are not going to make you happy because at the end of the day, you can get a Rolls Royce and drive it for a month and you don't want it no more. Because you've seen a Lamborghini or something else that you think you will be more comfortable in. Come on, somebody. These things pass away. Come on, you may be chilling. You may be ducked down in the seat and they can't hardly see your head. But after all of that, you're going to want something else. Because that ain't never going to be enough for you. Come on, some of you men, some of you women, you have tried out many men, you have tried out many women, but you still ain't satisfied. And the reason why you're not satisfied, because you need Jesus. And when you got Jesus, you ain't looking for nothing else. You fleeing from those things because you know who you got. He's better than that. Do we really know what we have? 
Do we truly know what we have? Because if we did, we wouldn't be trying to get something else. Look at your neighbor. Say, what have you been going after? Say, what have you been looking forward to? Let's just take a moment of silence. As the Bible says, let's think about it. We have to truly ask ourselves, what have I been going after more than God? Come on, let's be real. The first thing that we do when we wake up in the morning, what are we thinking about? Is it him? Or is it how to make more money? Come on, let's be honest. Is it really him? Is your mind on him? When, you, when your eyes pop open, do you say, thank you, Jesus. You allowed me to see another day. God, I'm so grateful that I'm here to do a work for you today. God, it's not about me. It's not about what I want to do. It's about what you want me to do for you today. I'm after your heart. God, what is your heart saying today? I'm going to be still and know that you're God today. Come on, that's when you know you're putting him before all things. God, I'm putting you before I clock in to work. God, I'm putting you before that, God, because without you, I wouldn't have a job. Without you, I wouldn't have breath in my body. You breathe the breath of life in me. And without that breath of life that you have given me, I would not make it. God, because of you, I can move. Because of you, I live, I move, and I have my being. It is because of you I have all of these things. So how can I put things above you? It's you that made me who I am. We soon forget God. We forget God because our minds are on so many other things. We want to look fabulous. We want people to tell us how good we look. So that's why we try to get new looks. Come on, somebody. You get new looks because you want somebody to tell you, oh, that look good on you. Now you want to go get another look. Come on, there's different. Y'all don't know? Come on, let's, let's try it out. Go in the nail salon. They have different types of nails you can get with different names. Right? What, what, what you call them? What in the world is a stiletto? Sounds sexy, don't it? It's very pointed. What else is it? Coffin? What is a coffin, Sister Nee? So you wearing a coffin, and that represents? Come on, what else is it? Almond shape. What is an almond shape? I like the almond shape, though. They talk about that in the Bible. Jeremiah, what do you see? But yeah. You better know what you're doing and what you're getting. See, when you say, I'm just plain. That's who I am. I'm just plain. I don't need all that. I'm just plain. I don't want nobody to see all that more than they see Jesus. I want to reflect who I am in him. I want them to see his glory and not me. Because see, I'm hidden in Christ. So I'm not trying to get nothing to help me stand out because when his glory come upon me, I'm shining like a light. I'm being a light. I'm like a city sitting on a hill and they can see me far off when I'm coming. Come on, somebody. This is how we supposed to be. Yes, he want us to look good, but he don't want us to focus on looking so good that we're missing who we are in him. 
Come on, because when we get ready to get raptured up, all your weave, all your nails, all your clothes, everything's going to be left behind. I pray it's clean. Because everybody's going to know where you were sitting. Let me see. So see, he's not after your clothes, y'all. He's after your heart. See, I have found out through the years, me trying to beef myself up or make myself look good is to draw attention. Because I'm so rejected. Because I don't feel good about myself. So I have to get other things for people to look at me, to see me, to hear me, to be attached to me. So I have to have something that the world look like to make me attractive. Come on, come on, come on. Where do you get your look from? Did God give you the look or you looked in a magazine and got the look? Help me somebody. Come on, God wants you to be who you are in him. He don't want you to go get no magazine with these different stars in it and say, I can look like that. Don't you know that they had to put something in to make something come out? Did y'all, did y'all not know? They had to stick something in to bring it out. They even got the lips bigger. Hear me, see me, be attached to me. If they lost all of that, they wouldn't be no good. Because that's what they depend on. Lord, if them things deflate. You better know who you are. See, that's what the world wants. They want us to spend money to try to be something that we already are in him. You got to know yourself that you were created in his image. And in his likeness. And everything about my father is mm-mm good. Ain't nothing bad about my father. So don't let nobody tell you, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. No, I need to be who I am in him, not in you. This is just who I am. Because at the end of the day, they, I'm going to reveal him. I don't suppose to be revealing me. Don't get me wrong. People should look good for their father. But you should not be trying to portray somebody else's look. You should not be up in your late years trying to be a teenager. Can't even walk upright and trying to wear all these chains and they're dangling you down. Oh, I'm talking right. You come to the right place at the right time. Evidently, God wanted you here today. Because God got a word for you. See, we need to quit it. We need to quit trying to be something that we already are in him. That's what happened to Eve. She saw the tree. The tree, she wasn't paying no attention to the tree. But the devil had to put her eyes on something that God told her not to mess with, not to eat from. Y'all, we're eating from a lot of things in this world that we should not be eating from. That's forbidden fruit that God tell us not to do. And when we listen to him, guess what we're going to get? We're going to get what he's already provided for us. So the first thing we got to know, God gave us something. He gave us his word. His word keeps us. It keeps us from all sin that's in this world. It lets us know how to live. If you want to know how to live, being who you are now that you're in Christ, I double dog dare you to open the Bible. 
I double dog dare you to search the word. To see what's in the word concerning what you're going through. Come on, the word will correct you. The word will help you to walk in that righteousness that God has given you through Jesus Christ. The word will teach you. The word will rebuke you. The word will keep you in a life. Come on, you need the word. The enemy don't want you to have the word because he wants you to live like the world. And if you're living like the world and you saying that you are saved, the world say, I don't want that. I'm doing what you're doing. Why would the world want something that they already got? Come on, we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be separated. That means I'm sanctified in him. I was made holy because of him. Now my holiness is on the inside. But once I renew my mind, it's going to come on the outside. And I'm going to live a holy life. Not with no handkerchief on my head and some long skirts on. But my life is going to represent who I am in him. A set apart life. That means I don't go to church on Sunday and then I turn around and party the rest of the week and still say, oh, how I love Jesus. That don't work. I don't want to hear that. It's supposed to be a difference. I remember when I was growing up and granddaddy had this preacher that would come to the house and I believe his name was Reverend Craft. And me and my cousin, Missy, we um, every time a church would open, we wanted to get saved. So we got saved. So as we got saved, me and Missy, one day we come to the conclusion we're tired of being saved. That's what we said. We're tired of being saved. We want to dance like everybody else. So we say, we're going to go ask Reverend Craft. So we asked Reverend Craft, said, Reverend Craft, can we dance? He said, sure, you can dance. We got so happy. We said, we can dance. He said, yeah, you can dance all you want to. And me and Missy just smiling like, all right, now we can get our dance on. And then we say, what kind of dance? He said, there's a Holy Ghost dance. It killed it right there. We weren't really saved. Because after he said that, we just went back doing what we were doing before. See, sometimes you hang around folk that are in a service and you hear the music. You see them falling out. You see them hollering and all of a sudden you hear, he touched me. Oh, yes, he touched me. And now I know. That's what he did. He touched us. But then after that one touch and we went back out there and got tainted with the world, it was over. That's why he gave us his word. See, you can be born again today and not tap in to the word knowing who you are and then you can backslide the next day and how you backslide the next day is because when your mind is renewed according to you who you are now that you in Christ this is why the Bible say in Romans 12 1 and 2 to make your body a living sacrifice did say dead it said a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. This is your reasonable service. But he didn't leave you out there like that. He said, I'm going to tell you how to do it. Be not conformed. Conform means you're not patterned after what the world does. You're not molded into what the world does. He said, you can't be conformed to this world. He said, now you got to be transformed. That means change. See, your spirit part of you is the part of you that got born again. That's the real you. But that soul needs some work on a day-to-day basis. 
The soul need work every second, every minute, every hour. The soul needs some work. So he said, you got to be transformed. You got to be changed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind is your mind, will, and emotions. How do I do it? By the word of God. Then you will prove, you ain't going to prove nothing until your mind is renewed. Until your mind has been changed through what God gave us, his word. He said, then you can prove what the perfect will of God is. We'll never be able to prove, we'll never be able to know until you get into the word of God. We take the word of God so lightly. I don't need to get my word today. I know I'm saved. But who you run into? See, because if you connect with this word, whatever situation is going to go on in your life, that's what you're going to connect with first. So that's why God said, I gave you my word and you don't even know what you got. You don't even know what's in my word. The word got to get in you so you can make a connection with your spirit. When you make a connection with your spirit, your spirit releases the power according to the word that's connect with the spirit. And then that power hits the body and then that's how you live in your life. You got to live out of your spirit. Not according to the world. Because world. this world is going to pass away. The only thing that's going to remain is his word. That should tell us something, Right? And what we got to understand, he said, in the beginning was the word. The word was here before anything was here. Before anything was created. The word was here. The word exists by himself. He don't need nobody to help. Y'all don't get it. If he was here in the beginning, if he was here when nothing was here. He was here even before you were even thought about. He was here. So the word don't need no help let me say it again in the beginning was the word that means the word was here before anything existed the word was here y'all so that means the word don't need your help we're trying to help the word out by adding to it and taking away from it. The word don't need your help. The only thing he needs for you to do is believe what he said and live it. I don't need your help with you getting healed. Only thing I need for you to do is accept healing. I don't need for you to add nothing to it and say God did it. In the beginning was the word. There was nothing here before the word. There was no medicine here before the word. None of that was here. Before the word. So that tells me the word. Look at your neighbor. Say the word don't need no help. Come on say the word don't need no help. Say so cut it out. Say quit bargaining with God. Lord, if you help me with this, I quit bargaining with God. He don't need your, if you never pay your tithes, God ain't going to change what he said. Your tithes don't get you healed. Your attending church don't get you healed. But there's a reason why you attend. 
forsake what? The assembly are coming together because I need you and you need me. I need to encourage you. You need to encourage me. But if you don't never come, the word don't change. You may change. But the word, word is not going to change. And my husband never do anything else for me. That means I shouldn't change because he ain't doing nothing for me. Because of who I am in him, it ain't based on what he do for me. See, that's where we get it mixed up and twisted. Because man will fall short on you sometimes. A woman will fall short on a man. Come on, let's just talk about it. Let's just talk about it while the Holy Spirit is talking. See, all of us as men and women, we have different things that we expect out of a man. And a man have different things he expect out of a woman. If it is not according to this word, cut it out. Because they will disappoint you. I assure you of that. They might say this is what I want to do for you because I love you so much. But that will change. Things happen where those things change. But you can go to this word. And the word can give you a promise. And it is written. That promise is not going to change outside of what you do. I don't care what you do or how you do it. Even if you are a murderer, he don't change what's written. He don't change because of fornicators, for, for people who commit adultery, for liars. He don't change. He remains the same. Moses was a murderer, but God still used him. Abraham committed adultery, but God still used him. He still gave him the promise. Paul, what did he do? Persecute the church. And he wrote over one third. Come on, somebody. God don't change his. Why are you changing your mind about people? Because you don't know. No matter how wrong people do you. If you in the word. And the word is in you. You love those who hate you. You bless those who curse you. You pray for those who despitefully use you. Because you're in him and he's in you. You're one in Christ so you live like he lived. Not how you want to live. Who in the word now? Who knows Jesus now? Because he's a forgiving God. He's a merciful God. We got big sins. I see them right now going up a ladder. A liar's at the bottom. Climbing on up the ladder. Fornication, adultery. Come on, y'all. Climbing on up the ladder, a murderer. Climbing on up that ladder, homosexuality. Climbing on up the ladder. Come on, just keep climbing up the ladder. If you commit one, if you lied, you're a murderer. If you lied, you're a homosexual. If you lie, come on, you all of that. God don't grade on a curve. Sin is sin. So quit putting big sin up there like you ain't done nothing. If you lied, you just like the homosexual. That's why we needed some grace and God brought it in on the scene. God says because of my grace and mercy. 
It's not because of what you do or what you will ever do. I gave you favor. I gave you unmerited, undeserved favor that you didn't have to work for. You just had to accept what I gave you. Cut it out. Come on, let's quit playing church. Who told you you better than somebody because they did something you didn't do? Who told you that lie? The devil's still lying to the church and the church is believing the lie. I can't get over this, that, and the third. I got that right then. Somebody tell me what the third means, please. Please tell me why people are using that language. Help me, young folk. What do the third mean? Anybody? Anybody know what this, that, and the third mean? Tell me why we... I got to take off these shoes. Thank you, Jesus. Why is people using this, that, and the third? Because it's a language that they picked up that sound good when you're having a conversation and you don't even know what you're saying. This, that, and the third. They talking about this, that, and the third. Third, well, I'm going to give you another one about me and my husband. I'm going to tell you how ignorant me and my husband is to some of the things of the world. We was over his mother's house, and they were talking about something about 50 cent. And me and my husband sitting there, and they asked us about 50 cent. We said, we ain't got 50 cent. They said, 50 cent is a raffle. We were ignorant to that. We ain't know nothing about 50 cent. Now you got some little kids that can tell you about 50 cent. Not give me 50 cent, but telling you about 50 cent. You got kids that know more rap than they know about Jesus. Something is wrong. When we know Jesus, we portray Jesus to others. And our children... Let me tell you something. I don't have the perfect children. They mess up just like anybody else. But I bet, I bet this, they have respect for me and my husband. They know not to come in my house rapping or cutting the food. They know that whatever they do, they show respect and they see us coming, it's gone. Oh yeah, I'm talking for real. They respect who you are in him. They respect the God that's in you because they know what you stand for. They know what you believe. And they ain't going to approach you any kind of way. Oh, it's some silence in there. That's all right. Don't need no amens. Because I know it's so. Because it's coming right out of the word. So in the beginning was the word. That means that the word was here before anything was here. Check this out. He said in Revelations 22, he said, I am who he said, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and what? The last. That means that he was beginning in Genesis and he ended at the last verse of Revelations. He's going to be here for everlasting to everlasting. He's the first, the last, beginning and the end. He's Alpha and Omega. Come on, he's going to be here forever. That's the word, y'all. From Genesis to, to Revelation, it's the word. 
And that's what we got to have, the word, to live, to make it. He's given us what we need to make it, and some of us don't want it. We're picking magazines over the word. We're picking Facebook. We're picking Twitter, Twitter, whatever, over the word, TikTok. We're picking all of these things over the word. We're scrolling our phones more than we're scrolling through the Bible. We're trying to see what everybody else is doing. You ain't going to see everybody because I learned. You got to be accepted by everybody on Facebook to see what they're doing. My son won't accept me, y'all. Thank God he don't. Because he don't. And he don't even have to accept me. Because see, when you have a ram in the bush. Oh, when Jesus is speaking, I don't need to be accepted by Boy. What's up with that? Mama, how you get on my page? I learned this. Whomever you connected with, if they connected with my son, I connect with you. Ooh, mama getting smart now. I ain't got time to look at all that. I just checked Facebook Marketplace to get some deals. And I found one. Y'all go in the kitchen and enjoy y'all some ice cream. So what am I saying? You got to have the word above everything else. And that's what the enemy does not want you to have. He does not want you to have the word because he know what the word does for you, in you, and through you. So he don't want you to have it. So we see he said that he was before all things. Go with me to Proverbs 8, 22 through 23. Listen at this. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning or ever the earth was. There go your proof. The word was here before anything was here. So who wouldn't trust the word? The word knows everything, everything. And then we know Matthew 24, 35, it says heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Y'all think about this. The word is forever settled in heaven. So when we know about the word, why wouldn't we want to choose the word over everything? I love my husband, but I choose the word over him. Why? Because in order for me and him to be who we need to be in God, I have to get in this word. Because some things he say, I'm not going to like. Some things I say, he's not going to like. But if I'm in the word, it's going to calm me down. Some of your marriages ain't calmed down because you, I know it all. Tell you how it calmed you down. My husband told me that it was a deaf man driving. I said, honey, don't you tell nobody that's that. Ain't no deaf man. Now, see, let me tell you what he did after he told me this. He said, he do drive. Me and Ariel said, daddy, now you know nobody gave no deaf man no license. He said, I'm telling you. I said, how are you going to hear a horn and somebody hit him? I said, that's dangerous. So guess what? My husband waited. I know he is driving because he worked with me at Fort County or something. He worked at Fairway Ford when I worked there. I said, why didn't you tell me that? Why did you let me make a fool of myself? Well, I, mm, 
So I didn't want to believe it, but it was true. What am I saying? This word is true. And some of us still don't believe truth because we have been looking into other things so much that those things have got rooted in our heart. So when someone gives you truth, you don't know truth from a lie. Because wherever you've been, that's what you're going to believe. The word don't change. It is what it is. God's word is above his name. Yeah. It don't change. It don't change. It don't change. So this is what God is giving you today. His word. He said, tell them I gave them my word. Some of you is looking for answers. Some of you are saying, when are we going to be healed? When am I going to see the healing? When am I going to see myself prosperous? When am I going to see myself out of debt? When you see the word. So evidently you ain't in it enough to see that it's already done. You waiting on something that happened that's already happened. I got to feel it to believe it. You being like Didymus, Dalton Thomas. He said, blessed are those who have not seen, but yet still believe. Come on, you may have a husband and he look like he ain't changed. But you believe in for change, so you seeing him change outside of how he acting. Outside of how he talking. Y'all remember um, the movie called, um, where the lady kept praying for her husband. Oh, that was an awesome movie. War Room. She kept getting in the closet. She kept speaking the word over her husband. Even when he was about to commit adultery on her. She was praying the word. And he started throwing up at the table. This is true stuff that go on. Because she was in her prayer closet. She was shut off before God. Even though he treated her hateful. She was putting the word down. Because she wanted her marriage. He had to lose stuff. He had to be humbled. To be built back up. Sometimes we go through stuff in our lives. Because God wants us to trust him more than we trust those things. Sometimes it's easy to get all these material things, but if your job lay you off, how are you going to pay for what you got that God didn't tell you to get? You just got God. We got to understand we don't do nothing outside of God's word because it look good, because it smell good. After the looks are gone and after the smell gone, what you got? I remember I was watching this movie and it was... Based on the true story, I don't know the name of it. This girl dressed up so pretty. Wore her weave, her makeup, looked like a Barbie doll. The guy was so in love with her. But deep down inside, she had this kind of disease. And with this disease, she couldn't grow hair. So she covered herself up with wigs and covered her face up with makeup. So she was going to be honest with the guy and she was going to come forward to let him know this is who I am. And she trusted that this guy loved her the way he said he loved her. So she began to say, I need to show you something. When she took off that wig, he said, I forgot. I got something I have to do. She ain't seen the guy again. The woman was so broken because she opened her heart to this guy. That's the problem. You open your heart to a guy that can't keep you. See, love don't run when things get bad in someone's life. Love stays. 
Love don't run when somebody hurts you so bad that you don't want to look them in their face. Love don't do that. Love stay and go through with the word. Because either way, you got to be mended. And God said, my word will mend your broken heart and it will bind up all your wounds. But you ain't giving the word a chance. You're trying to run to alcohol. You're trying to run the drugs. You're trying to run the clubs. You're trying to run the wigs and nails and, and, and makeup. He said, run to me. And you won't need all this cover up. Somebody's mad right now. Somebody's mad right now. But I thank God for the shield of faith. People get mad when you're trying to help them through the word of God. They get mad and say, you talking about me. I don't even know you. But I know him. And God is speaking to help somebody today to let you know you don't have to depend on those things. Depend on me. The more you depend on me, you don't have to depend on those things. I'm learning through going through some things, y'all. It's building you up. It's making you stronger for the next chapter in your life. Because it's chapter after chapter you go through in this chapter. Then next thing you know, when you get through another chapter, you're going through another thing. But God said, I'm building you up, not for you, but to help somebody else who got to go through that same chapter. I'm giving you what you need to bring somebody else out of the same place. But God say, will you let me do it through my word? Will you let me help you through my word? Because my word is the only thing that's going to last. My word is the only thing that's going to keep you through this day and time. My word is going to keep you through the gas prices. My word is going to keep you through the famine. My word is going to keep you through COVID. My word is going to keep you through whatever come sweeping through this atmosphere of the land. My word is what's going to protect you. So no evil shall befall you. So no plague can come nigh your dwelling. It have to come from my word, not from you. So he said, my word was here before anything. So who wouldn't want to accept the word? Then he's going on to say the word. I'm going back. All things were created by him. And without him, listen at this. Let's stop right there. All things were created by the word. That means when God said, let there be, there was. Without the word, nothing would have been created. Not even you. Wow. So think about this. Everything was created by the word. It should function by the word. The Bible say he's upholding all things by. Let's say it again. He's upholding by. No, it's by people. No, it's the people. The people created the stars, they created the moon, they created the heavens, they created the earth. Y'all, they even made seeds to put in the ground. Man did it. You can't tell me no, the scientists did all that. The scientists did it. 
Okay. We know that's a lie, right? Because I know a man. George, I don't, I've read about the man. I don't know the man. Y'all, if I knew the man, wouldn't I look good being known a man like that? George Washington Carver. He invented what? Peanut oil? Was it peanut oil? What else was it? It was a lot of stuff he invented. George Washington Carver, they would ask him, how do you come up with what you come up with? He said, what I would do, I would go in the woods. He said, very early, early in the morning. He said, I would talk to Mr. Creator. He called God Mr. Creator. He said, I will hold it up with God, the peanut, and say, God, you know all about this peanut. You know what will come out of this peanut. God, I don't know, but you know all things. Do you see what God calls him to invent? See, when we go to Mr. Creator, he created all things. He upholding all things by the word of his power. So when you go to Mr. Creator and say you created all things, you know how this is supposed to run. You know what's going on with it. So I need some insight. I need some revelation knowledge because I can't do it. But I know the spirit of the living God that's within me is going to release the power to let me know how this needs to be done. Oh, Mr. Creator, I need your help. Do you think God is not going to help you because he wants his glory to be revealed through you? Because man is going to know that nobody could have done this but a higher power. Nobody could have done this but El Shaddai. Nobody could have done this but El El Yon. Nobody could have done this but Elohim. Nobody could have done this but Jehovah Jireh. Nobody could have done it but Jehovah Nisi. Nobody could have done it but Jehovah Rapha. He is the God that healeth thee. Come on. He is the banner. He is the almighty one. He's the all breasty one. He is the provider. He's the source of all things. So nobody could have done it but him. Because he upholds all things. By the word of his power. So we got to tap into the word of God. And he gave us a way to tap into it. How did he give us that way? Through accepting Jesus, which is the word, the living word of God. He came to live and dwell on the inside of you. So he said, if you abide in me and my word abide in you. You can ask whatsoever you will and it shall be done unto you. I'm going to give you an illustration. God is on his throne. Let's say God's throne is right there, over here. Okay? There's a tree right here and the roots are deep in that tree. Right? And on that tree, there's a branch. I'm the branch. So from the throne of God, there's rivers of water that's coming up. To the root of that tree. That's causing that tree to grow. That tree name is Jesus. So I'm attached to Jesus. Which I'm the branch. And as long as I'm attached to him. That branch is getting some nourishment. It's getting some healing. It's getting some everything that it needs. Come on the power of God. Y'all don't get it. 
So I don't want to detach myself from what's living. From what's giving me life. The word gives you life. The Bible says that the spirit quickens. Come on, the spirit is the one that's quickened. The flesh, this flesh can profit me nothing. He said, but the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. How they're spirit and they are life. Because when I get the word of God in me, the spirit is connecting with that word, releasing the power of God, and I'm receiving the life of God. Come on. That's why the devil don't want you to get in the word. He don't want you to have the life of God. He wants you to depend on everything else itself. The life which comes from the word. He said, no, they don't need to get in the word. If they get in the word, they're going to find out. I want them to die. I don't want them to live. The word is what gives you spirit and life. I want you to live like a dead man, even though you have the life of God on the inside of you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. And that same spirit is what comes in and quicken your mortal body, your mortal body, this body right now. That means when I get into the word and I say, by Jesus stripes, I am the healed of the Lord and it's deep rooted in me. My body begins to get quickened. Life begins to come into my body and sickness cannot stay. And even though my body's acting a little funny, I'm still the heal. Because the word said I'm healed and the word don't lie. So I don't go off of my body. I go off of the life that's in me. He gave us the word. How are we using it? What are we using it for? Are we taking the word for what it is? Or are we bypassing it every day? Because we're thinking, I don't, what I need the word for, I feel good. What I need the word for, I got money in the bank. What I need the word for, I ain't depressed. What I need the word for, I can have any woman I want. What I need the word for, I can have any man I want. What I need the word for, I got all the money in the bank. My money ain't going to be depleted even when Jesus comes. I don't your arrogant self. Those are the ones going to be bought low. You're going to be bought low to let you know that there is a God. And ain't because God is putting you there, you're putting yourself there. Because you think life is good. It is not good without Jesus. Just because everything looks so lovely in your life. Just because everything is going so well in your life. The enemy is waiting to hit you with his best shot. He's waiting to do something to you that you ain't never seen that was done. And that's when, why is it people ignore God. But when man can't help you. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus. Jesus, you say you love me, Jesus. Jesus, I went to Pastor Amanda's church and she told me about the word. I need it, Jesus. Now you need it. Because you're in trouble. See, when we're in trouble, Father God, whatever that is and whoever that is, God, I thank you that they're safe in the name of Jesus. I thank you that they're already healed. I thank you that you didn't give them the spirit of fear, but the power of love and of a sound mind in Jesus' name. God, we give you glory, honor, and praise. Hallelujah. Y'all, God is good, and he's good all the time. 
And he wants us to tap into his goodness. And the way we tap into it is through the word of God. This is why when Moses and them went through so much, when you read in Psalms 107, they're talking about God's goodness. They're talking about his steadfast love. They're talking about how God took them through some different things when they were going through. And that's why they got to the verse that said he sent his word and he has healed us. And he has delivered us from our pit. He delivered us from our destruction. Why? Because the word was sent. See, God is sending you his word today to to deliver you from whatever is going on in your life. To let you know that the word is already taking care of that. So I'm sending it to you to let you know it's already taken care of. The word takes care of it. And by sending it to you, my angels are hearkening unto this word. And they're carrying this word. Wherever this word needs to be carried. And the spirit is releasing the power to do the work according to that word. So you got to know what word God want to send to that person today. You got to know God is somebody in trouble. God, what word do you want me to send to that um, person? I am their present help even in the time of trouble. I'm their rock. I'm their fortress. I'm their sure defense. I'm a wheel in the middle of a wheel. Come on, God, I have you to send the word right there on the scene. You don't have to be there. You just have to speak the word. Knowing that you spoke the word. Knowing that it's already done. You ain't waiting for it to get done. You know that it's already done. Because that's his word. The more connection you have with the word. When the bills are talking. You say shut up. My bills already paid. Because I'm up under a covenant. With God. I'm up under a new covenant. I'm already blessed. I'm already prospered. Why? Because I'm honoring his word and he's honoring me. Though the bills are piling up, they're already paid. Why? Because I give because he tell me to give. And I know it's already given back to me. So dad, I curse you in the name of Jesus. I owe no man nothing but to love him. I'm doing what you said, God, according to your word. So you got to honor your word because the word is true. You said sanctify them in truth because thy word is true. So you are God and not man that you shall lie to me today. Neither the son of man that you shall repent. You're not going to change your mind. You said it. Now, God, you got to do it. You spoke it. Now, you got to make it good. That is a command because I'm only doing what your word says do. So I'm out of debt. So you begin to see what you're saying. When you begin to see what you're saying, oh, it's mine. Some of you are saying, but you ain't seeing You got to see it. You got to see it spiritually. Naturally it's debt, but in the spirit I am debt free. All my bills are paid. I owe no man nothing but to love him. Why? Because I honor him and his word and he honors me. So that's why you don't go into the word and say you reading it, but you ain't doing what it said. Everything the word said, come on, Jesus. When Mary told them, when Jesus told them what to do, he said, do what he says, didn't he? Whatever he say, do it. And they done it. And guess what they got? They got wine coming from water. He turned the water into wine. You got to do what the word said in order for it to be released. 
He already gave it to you, but to release it, you are honoring the word. If the word say give, you give. He got to give it back. He'll be a liar if he don't. And my Bible said God is true and let every man be a liar. So God ain't going to be a liar. God going to show up and show out because he said it. So we have to take the word for what it is. It's too many people out there trying to be cute. Trying to tell people they doing this and they doing that. And ain't no change in their lives. Come on, that's supposed to be a demonstration from what you're saying. If you speak in the word, the word is going to demonstrate itself. It's going to do what it said because God don't lie. As Willie say, true that. So we see what the word does. The word is living. You got to see the word as living. That's why it says in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and working. It's 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 a, I got me a song. It's alive and working. It's alive and working. Y'all say it like you mean it. It's alive and working. It's alive and working. Do you believe it? Yeah. It's alive and working. Active, powerful, effective. That's what the word is. And it's sharper than a double-edged sword. It cuts all the way into us. That's why they mentioned the sword. The word is going to cut. It's going to divide the soul from the spirit. That means when somebody want to lie to you. And you bring that sword up in there with the word. They're going to have to tell the truth. Because knowing the truth. Is what, you cannot be around the word and doing something deceitful and won't tell it. You're going to tell it sooner than later. Yes, you are. You cannot be around a person full of the word and doing them wrong without apologizing. Hallelujah, somebody. Because they're in front of the glory of God. Come on, look at Ananias and Sapphira. They try to lie to the Holy Ghost, which is God. They were lying to God. He dropped dead. They just drug him on out to his grave. Then here come his wife. Try to lie just like him. She dropped dead too. Come on, you cannot stand before somebody not unless you are so devious. And they ask you a question. Did you take my money? Oh, you speaking in tongues now. <laughs> Did you take the money? Yes or no? Yeah. Come on, y'all. I want y'all to understand this. You don't lie to me. You're lying to the Holy Ghost. Because he's in me. I'm in him. Just like he's in you. And you're in him. You carry him everywhere you go. So how can somebody stand in front of someone that's carrying the word and lie? Because they think they're going to get away with it. Knowing the truth is what sets you free. 
When somebody tell you truth and they're upfront and they're honest with you, you're supposed to forgive. And the Holy Spirit will help you to mend. But you got to open up your heart. And you got to say, God, you got to help me with this because I can't do it. So listen at this. So we know that the word cuts, it penetrates the soul, the spirit, the joints, and the marrow. And then it says... And it judges the thoughts, the feelings, the attitudes, the tensions that's in our heart. You might try to fool me, but you ain't going to fool the God in me. I'm going to say this. You might try to fool me, but you're not going to fool the God that's in me. And if I'm serving him with my whole heart, he ain't going to let me be a fool. No, he's not. Confession is good for the soul. First Thessalonians 2.13, listen at this. Also, for this reason, we always thank God because when you heard his message, received the message you heard from us, you accept it not as merely human words, a human message, but for what it truly is, the word of God, which works transform you who believe. Did y'all hear that? This word that's going forth today is not my word. It is God's word. You don't accept the word is coming from me. That's why people miss it. You accept the word from coming from God. And if you accept it as coming from God, it's going to work effectually in you and give you the results that you need. But if you're looking at me and say, I'm throwing you under the bus, that's what the enemy want. Because he don't want the word to work in you. He don't want the word for you to believe the word. So he wants you to see me and not see the God that's in me. That's how we miss it. Because we look into people just like they say, isn't he Joseph, the carpenter's son? Come on, all the things that Jesus done. They didn't want to open their hearts to know that he was the Messiah. He was the anointed one. They didn't want to do that. They didn't want to accept him. They rejected him and they missed out on the life of God. So the word gives us life. The word teaches us. The word heals us. The word delivers us. Come on, y'all. We need the word for everything that goes on in our lives. So we talked about his word is what? His word is truth. So we have to stay in the word to get everything we need from the word. The word is what gives us our nourishment. The word is what helps us to know I do have the mind of Christ. Outside of how I feel, I have the mind of Christ. So I'm going to think on the things that are above and not on things that are of this earth. The word will keep us, y'all, where we need to be. God has given us his word. And he wants us to use his word for what it is and what it needs to be used for. How many women in here, maybe men, you want to make a cake. But to make that cake, you have to have ingredients, right? So what's the first thing you're going to do? Apostle, say what? What you say, Apostle? How are you going to know what kind of ingredients you need if you don't read the directions? This is your directions. Every day you should be in this word. Some of y'all are so stuck on man that you still feel like with this word going forth today, 
you still don't need it because you got what you need. People leave this earth. The ones that you pinned on, the ones that you love so much. Everybody has an important time. We do. I believe all of us want to be raptured. We don't want to die before our time. We want to be raptured. But we need to be in the word. Because things do come. Things come to try to take us out of here before our time. And if it's not our time, we can live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. But if we stay in out of this word, which is our lifeline, we're walking around like dead men and women. Because we need this word to give us nourishment. Just like when you're cooking, you got to put in them seasonings. You got to put in stuff according to your taste. Oh, taste and see today that the Lord is good. And every time I go in this word and I taste, the more I want to keep going in this word and getting more of it because it's so good. And you got to have revelation, not just reading it. You got to have revelation from the word to be illuminated for light to come to shine in the midst of those dark areas in your life. We say we know him until something come. Y'all, when things come in your life, I'm going to be honest. You have to stick with him. You have to hold on to him because he's our answer. He said, when you call on me, I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things. That you don't know. So I want to call on somebody who can show me. I want to call on somebody who won't lead me into error. I want to call on somebody who know more about me than I know about myself. I want to call on him because he know about the person more than I know about the person. He know what they need even before they needed it. So I want to just call on him and say, you know what they need. I don't want to pray in the flesh. So I got to pray in the spirit because I say any old thing. I'll look at their past and you don't want me to look at their past. You want me to pray according to your word and according to your will. So I'm going to shed flesh off and I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost. God has given us his word. Know what you have. And when you know what you have, ooh, I can flash that more and I can flash your credit card. Because there's limits on these credit cards. And you flash them so much, you done messed up your limit and can't even pay off what you done got. Y'all, some credit cards, you, you charge $100, next month's about 2 So your intentions was to pay the 100 Now you got another 100 sitting there that you owe. But I can f- flash this credit card that says paid in full all day long. And it never run out because it's the word. Start flashing that credit card. Everywhere you go, I got more than enough. I got more than enough. You may go in the grocery store with $5 and you coming out with groceries worth 50 How did that happen? Because you met somebody. And they say, I got that. Paid in full. See what I'm saying? So we got to have what? Come on, somebody. The word is more valuable than anything else on this earth. No matter what your situation is today, flash the word on it. Come on, paid in full.
Price has been paid for that. Get out of my house. So when you know what the word is saying, you decree and declare what the word is saying. I bind every hardened heart in this place on the day. Every heart that has become hardened due to being more sensitive to the things of the world than the things of God, I bind those hardened hearts in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you that you have given them a new heart, a heart that knows you, that knows your word, God. And I thank you that they're humbling their self before you, God, before your mighty hand and you exalting them, God, in due season. I bind all rebellion. I bind all ridicule. Right now in the name of Jesus, I lose obedience in this house. I bind all jealousy and I lose love right now in Jesus' name. God, you said vengeance is mine. I shall repay, says God. God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I bind every sickness and every disease that has tried to come upon us, God, in Jesus' name. And I command it to go in Jesus' name. And I say, be healed. Be made whole in the name of Jesus. Healing is the children's bread. You sent your word and you have healed us. You have delivered us from our destruction. And now we can go our way knowing that we have already been healed. Not going to be, but already we are the healed of the Lord in Jesus' name. For it's not by might nor by power, but it is by your spirit on today. And I hear God say deliverance is available. So whoever is watching right now, deliverance is available to you. Every demonic force that has come to torment you, I command it to go right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you right now that in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord in Jesus' name. And I say rise up right now off of your bed of affliction because there's many afflictions of the righteous, but God has delivered them out of them all. Amen and amen. And I want to say today, Those that still have an unforgiving heart. That unforgiveness is making you sick. It's keeping you in the place that you are and God is ready to heal you. God forgave you. Now God is saying you should forgive those. How can you accept forgiveness from him? And won't accept it for somebody else. You ain't truly accepted. It's time for us to let go. And let God be whom he need to be in our lives. Some sicknesses is not coming from sickness itself. It's coming from unforgiveness. It's coming from bitterness. If you got unforgiveness, bitterness is there and it eats at you like cancer. It goes through your whole, whole body causing headaches, causing migraines, causing things to happen in your body that God is saying don't supposed to be happening. When you let go of it, it will let go of you. So let's check ourselves. And say, God, what am I holding in my heart against anyone? It's not for me to hold it. You didn't hold it against me. So why should I hold it against them? How can I say you have forgiven me and I can't forgive them? That's not how God works. So church, let's get it right. Let's get it right. I want to use this testimony from Jennifer Porter 
to let y'all know that God is still God. Amen. Jennifer, you know what I'm talking about, right? So y'all know I've been killing a lot of snakes in my yard. Last year I killed 22. These are copperheads, not just a regular snake. And so last week, week before last, I killed two one night. And then the next night I killed another one. So I was out there and um, Monday night I was out there and uh, I was getting ready to move some flowers. And I had on my boots and I'm out there, and I'm trying to shovel these flowers, and it's hard. It's under there, and I don't know if I was hitting roots or the ground or what. But anyway, it was hard. And so I took my boot, and I done down like that on the shovel, and my instep hit on the, on the shovel, and I was like, oh, God, that hurt. I knew that was going to be a bad bruise because I'd done that before. Went ahead, got the flowers, moved them and planted them, went on and did all the things I was going to do. And when I got in the house... And my foot's hurting a little bit. And I finally, I was like, man, let me take my sock off and see what it looked like. Because I knew it was going to be bruised. So I'm sitting down and I take my sock off. And it wasn't as bruised as bad as I thought. But I'm like, what in the world? Is that a thorn in my foot? And I pulled this thing out and I lay it up on the counter. And blood's coming out a little bit. Get that cleaned up. I'm like, how did a thorn get in my boot, in my sock, in my foot? And I stopped and looked at that thing. And I knew it wasn't no cat claw because I hadn't been outside barefooted or in my socks or anything. I said, Jesus, that's a fang. So I go into the other room and I get my boots and I take them up under the light in the kitchen and I look real close and I can see two little puncture marks right there. And I said, God, whoo, make me, I said, God, I thank you. I would have been terrified had I known but I said, Lord, evidently, when I struck my foot on that shovel, he struck my foot at the same time, and I never knew it. And there was no swelling. There was no, it was dry. It was a, what they call a dry bite, I guess. But I said, God, and the first thing that went through my mind was about Paul when he shook the serpent off. And I said, well, Lord, you said I can tread on scorpions and serpents and no deadly thing will hurt me. I said, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all know that's God. Y'all know that's God because, I mean, that thing was in my foot. But glory to God. Woo! And she bought the proof. (laughs) I said, what is this girl doing up in here carrying a boot? So when she's... Told us what had happened and then bought the thing, taped it to the... It's taped on that planter right there. (laughs) Some people would say, you should have went to the hospital. Why would I go to the hospital? There wasn't no poison there. There wasn't no... It couldn't be no poison. Uh Uh-uh. Because you got uh, Jesus' blood running warm in your veins. And some people, when they go to the hospital and they get, if you've got, like, venom, sometimes the antivenom is worse on your body than the venom is. So just, you got to hear Jesus. you got to hear Jesus. But even with with wasps and stuff, they might sting. But I say, in the name of Jesus, I curse you. You be dried up at the root. And I mean, that pain be gone right there. We got to depend on him. Who's got time to go run to the hospital and pay a, a 
copay on top of that. Jennifer, the, the thing was, I'm going to tell you what happened to Jennifer for real. Jennifer didn't take a thought. They say when a snake bites you, the more scared you are, the quicker the venom come in and kill you. But the more calmer you are, it don't rush so quick through your veins. This child right here, dogs bite her. She just going about her business. Going about her business. See, some of us are not in that place where she are. We, she's, we probably would just faint it right there by the snake and say, okay. Here I am, Jesus. So this is why I say God, God is keeping her. 22 snakes, and then yeah. how many did she We have? on number four already, because I killed one Thursday when the vet was there. And I've never seen them one time crawling across during the day, but I seen the cat looking at something. I said, what in the world? I said, let me go get that shovel. Vet told that guy I was helping her. She'd keep an eye around me. <laughs> but that one, and I told, I decreed and declared that he was dead too, so I'm sure he'd gone off and died somewhere. It may have been from something he got from me. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. <laughs> So we, you got something to say, Mitchell? He just getting the mic. So we thank God that we have to be keepers of the word, right? Because the word will keep us. And I know that one over there. She's being kept because there's much prayers, y'all, going up for that one. Right there. So we give God glory. Do we have any visitors today that would like to stand? If so. Wasn't that an inspiring message? Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.